Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined all the way from Bangkok, Thailand by Christy Lau, who's a teacher, writer, and poet. This was a lovely episode to record. We chat about Bangkok, Thailand, its culture, people, and a bit of its history. Christy Lau loves the beaches of Thailand and hopes to visit them all within time. I spent a few days in Thailand, and so we talked a little bit about my impression and experience While learning more about Thailand was wonderful, I also really enjoyed our conversation on writing, poetry, and expressing our human emotions through art. Very fulfilling. I recorded this early in my morning while it was late evening for her because of our time difference. It was a fantastic way to start my day, and uh, there's something I'm growing more aware of are like time zones in the world. It's really, it's really interesting. But you can follow Christy Lau on Instagram at Christy Lau Sume and at Blue Stocking Poet. Let's begin. All right. Welcome to Rich Conversations. We have another great episode. We have Christy Lau joining us all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, before we get into it, why don't you uh, introduce yourself for viewers and listeners? Okay, awesome. Okay, so my name is Christy. I'm Christy Lau. So I'm a teacher, a writer, and a poet based in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, So during the day, I work as a teacher at school. And then uh, I dabble in poetry in my spare time. I've actually done a few open mics around Bangkok itself. And I'm currently in the process of working and kind of boosting up my Instagram account. I have an Instagram handle for my poetry, specifically for my poetry. So I'm working on that. And uh, yeah, I recently just released uh, my second visual poem, which is something I'm also trying to focus on my YouTube as well. So YouTube, Instagram, those are my two main focuses for now in terms of where I'm going. So so how long have you lived in Bangkok? (laughs) I've lived in Bangkok for almost 20 years now. Yeah, so a very long time. That's pretty much, well, I'm 30, 30 years old. So that's pretty much two thirds of my life. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, okay, so then you've been there a while. You kind of have a general sense of the city. What, What would be like the general vibe of Bangkok? Um. The general vibe Bangkok. Okay. So I thought to think about this question for a bit because I wanted to uh, really give like a word, like a phrase I felt would sum up Bangkok. Here it is. Are you ready? Yes. Beautifully chaotic. Beautifully chaotic. Yeah. That would be the best way to describe the vibe in Bangkok. Um, At least before the pandemic, honestly, the pandemic has kind of slowed things down here a little bit, but before um, there was just this, there's this energy in Bangkok. That's just like, Anything can happen. Do I explain it? It's like anything can happen. You never know what you're going to find around the next corner either. Bangkok is uh, a city of contrast, I would say, heavily, big contrast. Okay. You have almost like many extremes existing with each other. So, in that sense, like for instance, you can see going to going outside in Bangkok, you can see like these amazing five star hotels right next to these like really like, you know, horrible like slums. You know, you can see all these contrasts, some of them not great. Yeah. But they're all there. You have all these contrasts of human life there. And you can, I don't know, there's just something for everyone. Bangkok's the kind of city as well where like there's something for everyone, I think. And you can kind of find your own niche and make your own way in, in the city. 
So I would say beautifully chaotic and uh, yeah, full of Beautiful. opportunity, I think, for anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So I've actually been to Bangkok and I was there for, yeah. so some friends and I, we went to Southeast Asia. Uh, one of our friends, he was in between like graduating medical school and getting his residency or staying at a residency. So he mm -hmm. had um, a very short amount of time to travel. And so like in 10 days, was it 10 days, 11 days, we went to Hong Kong, uh, Hanoi, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City, Bangkok, Phuket, back to Bangkok, and then flew out in like 10 days. And ah, okay. of all yeah. the places so we stayed in bangkok for like i think two nights and uh during that trip when we, we were like reflecting on it we always thought um like bangkok itself we wish we would have spent more time there because it was like you said like so so strikingly interesting uh, you mentioned just like the the contrast between two and then like the buildings were all like one looks like it's like falling or like a like a a, a tetris puzzle and then everything's <laughs> like white and just and oh, yeah. the, the architecture was so unique yeah. it was pretty wild yeah 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 and the thing is you can see almost everything there like i said there's a little bit of everything for everyone so and you can see that everything's crammed together as well somehow like the, one of the magic things i love about bangkok is like how you can little alleyways they're just crammed full of stuff okay yes it's not Visually, it's not what you call pretty in that sense, but it's got its own kind of beauty in that, like, in that kind of, in that way. I don't know. It's different. And just walking down an alley here, you never know what you could find. Like, I could walk down my alley outside my house right now, like the one nearest to me, and I could pass, like, a restaurant. There'll be a hidden, like, vegan cafe there, like, random things, or an art store, an art gallery that you wouldn't even know. Like, there's so much crammed into, like, each alley that there's always, like, an endless amount of things to explore here, so... It's super fun. <laughs> what's what's the population of Bangkok? Oh uh, gosh, <laughs> I think it's twelve. Oh god, I think it's twelve million. It's twelve quite, million. Yeah, it's quite. It's it's a really really. It's in the millions. It's a huge number. Very big number. Let me see if I can pull it up actually. Um, yeah, yeah in the millions. It up right now. Me too. <laughs> there we go. Ten million. I wasn't too far. Ten million. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. too far off. Yeah. I said twelve million. Yeah, my yeah. impression of Bangkok was that a lot is going on. Um, yeah. A lot is going on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's that there is. And actually, yeah, that's the thing. Like before the pandemic, it was really happening. And now it's, well, it's now opening. Um, yes, uh, November 1st, they did actually open up Thailand to international visitors from America okay. as well, from UK and uh, for no quarantine, with no quarantine. So you can come here. And you don't have to quarantine. So that's a big, that's something that happened recently. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so then what are the people like in Bangkok and Thailand? Uh, people in Thailand are honestly uh, some of the nicest people. Now I was going to say some of, but I think I'll just go straight and say the nicest people. I think they're truly, they are, they're so kind hearted, maybe to a fault sometimes, you know, to their, for, for them, you know, to be so nice all the time, you know, mm. but it's just, they're just so loving and warm and welcoming. And one of the things I have to say is um, kind of the tolerance. I think one thing with Thailand is that 
that tolerance level of different people of all kinds, you know, like it doesn't matter where you come from. I can, I, I feel like, I feel like Bangkok has that vibe or Thailand has that vibe, you know, they're very welcoming to foreigners as well. And they yeah. love learning about new cultures. I think that's something in Thai people, they love exchanging and learning about new cultures and uh, yeah, they're just so friendly and warm and they just want to help. There's just innate, what this innate um, desire to want to help people and just like want to, make someone's day you know really you can especially see it in like the hospitality industry as well like people they're so they're just welcoming they're lovely type people that that is a great answer uh so then what in your opinion what do you think they they value most um that's a good question what do they value most i think they value kind of manners i would say i would say manners kind of there's like a there's a definitely a culture here me as a teacher I have actually noticed it being at a I'm an English teacher here in Thailand as well okay so I've experienced that kind of culture in terms of um that deference to like authority figures so there's like a sense of respect there's a lot of respect there you need to have like observe a little bit of the etiquette a little bit you know there's certain things you can't do of course like the politeness of it always greeting people there's just a certain politeness i would say a courtesy there i think yeah okay. that, that's what they value they value that they value that politeness so what what interests do people have like what are, what are people doing in their free time over there <laughs> well there's one, there's one thing you can say about thai people they know how to have a good time there's a reason <laughs> why yeah there's a reason why thailand is a uh, one of the most visited tourist destinations in the world it's always consistently one of the top okay because it's known um for well it's beaches and also it's nightlife okay so nightlife and beaches are two of the main draws for people i've experienced both of those in thailand yeah well i got and what did you you, okay (laughs) what did you think (laughs) it was a great time it's a great time time. Uh, yeah 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 phuket was cool it was like uh, uh i haven't gone to many beaches in the world um but phuket was like super relaxing and just like it's just beautiful <laughs> it was so beautiful yeah. um yeah the water was just like warm and it mm-hmm. wasn't like there weren't a lot of waves it was just like almost just like flat just sitting just like chilling um very cool mm-hmm. and yeah and then in nightlife uh we went out one of the nights in bangkok and that was a lot of fun um yeah i couldn't tell you what area i couldn't tell you but um oh you can tell can't remember can't remember or yeah i don't even it's all a blur the trip is all kind of a blur to me but uh, <laughs> oh okay I see. but uh <laughs> yeah it was a good time it was a good time we went out to this like i don't know this cocktail restaurant and uh remember mine mine was called like the devil's horns and it had like these two like cherries sticking out of this like coupe glass uh that was one of my favorite drinks but the food there is incredible and then you have the like the Thai coffee. Oh, it's so good. Definitely, definitely. Oh, coffee culture is huge here. Coffee culture is really, really big now. Like people take and you love your coffee. People really love people. I take do. It, like super, <laughs> super. I'm drinking yes, it for, for those uh, <laughs> listening and watching. It's like morning where I'm recording and it's like you're probably about to go to bed right after. Yeah, this. I'm, I'm probably going to bed after this. After this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have this big. Radio DePaul mug of uh, coffee. Um, yeah. Okay, so then what? What like sights, sounds, and smells 
really are, what do you notice about Bangkok? Sights, sounds, and smells, right? Um, okay, so visually, let me break this down. Sights, sounds. Yeah, Sights, break sounds, it down. smells. Maybe break it down. Okay. So um, for sights, definitely uh, the temples. I think, I think you can't, like the Thailand, I think you, visually, you, you kind of connect those. The temples are beautiful. I think images of like street food vendors is huge. Like the street food culture is so big here. And just like walking along the streets and like seeing all the little vendors with all their different foods. You can go down many alleyways and just find street food here. It's so easy and so accessible. So I would say street food, temples, sounds, probably traffic. You know, it's quite a busy city. And um, especially during rush hour, it's horrible. Uh, I generally take bikes. Oh, that's one of the things I love about living in Thailand is that you can take um, motorbike taxis. I'm pretty sure they don't do this in any other eight. Maybe, maybe Vietnam. They might do it in Vietnam, but other countries in Asia don't have this. I know Malaysia doesn't, but they have motorbike taxis. So you can get on the back of a little motorbike and like it can go through traffic. The best part is during rush hour, because I'm a teacher, right? So I got to get home before rush hour hits. So the best way to get home is through a, a, a grab bike. Every local knows this. Okay. It's like a, not a grab bike, sorry, just a regular bike. Okay. So okay. you can kind of like make your way through the traffic. So you have like a whole bunch of traffic with red lights, but you're this little bike going through and you can like cut through the traffic in like less than 10 minutes. So it's definitely the most efficient way to travel. So motorbikes. 100%. It's quite Wait, so so what? So you you just so there's motorbikes and you just like hop on and just hold on and go? Pretty much. Yeah. It's a thing here. You can and people oh, people on the islands, ah, the ex, they love to do this. They can you can rent a motorbike on the island as well and you can kind of ride around yourself. So they're really it's a really easy and free here in Thailand. It's pretty, it's pretty great. They like the motorbike thing is big. It's a big thing for them. So motorbikes for sounds. Okay. okay now I'm going to smells, right? Smells was the last smells, one, right? Yes. Smells. Okay. So definitely the food, definitely the food. I mean, yeah, you can own you, pretty much every corner here in Bangkok. You can smell something delicious. Something delicious is cooking somewhere, no doubt. So definitely the food. Other than that, the smells aren't super great <laughs> because it is a big city. So it does have its, you know, um, disagreeable side. But if you want to focus on the positive smells, the food, food definitely, food. definitely is like, yeah. Okay. Side. Yeah. So if someone had a, a few days to spend in the city and area, what would you recommend them doing? Okay. This is a really good question because honestly, there's so much. So I had a like uh, to break it down, I think honestly, in one day, it's not enough to cover cover it all. But if you really only had like one day, I think the best thing to do would be to go to the riverside because the river, the riverside, uh, I think you don't like kind of near what's that place called? What Arun? OK, so it's like a temple, it's the temple of dawn. So it's near the Grand Palace. OK, so usually when people come to Bangkok, the top four sites are like the Grand Palace um and then the malls okay and then the nightlife obviously the nightlife is is a must okay but then <laughs> yeah oh, i did oh, go gosh, to the I'm temple before we went out i went to the temple huh I, Sorry. we went to we went to one of the temples and we took yeah. a, a boat on a river to get there ah okay there we go yes but so the definitely. palace was closed though i think oh okay during that yeah. time but yeah, usually go to the go to the Grand Palace, uh, go hang around the Riverside area, I think, because that's basically the old Bangkok. That's where Bangkok started. So if you want to feel like the real Bangkok, 
um, you go there. Avoid all the malls and all the other touristy stuff. Just go to the riverside. That's where it's at. Take a cruise even. Like there's a, there's so many cruises that, that are there that offer like rides that aren't too expensive. You can get dinner on them and they're just great. You can just enjoy the view, the glittering lights of the city. Um, yeah, then you can go shopping. Of course, shopping's a big one, but I feel like shopping's kind of boring because you can do it in any city, you know? So you got to look at more. You really that. can. You can do it online too. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's really, you know, so I feel like, no, maybe, I mean, yeah, go ahead if you want to. Like there's a lot of great, amazing affordable clothes, unique items that you can get, you know, um, that you can't really find anywhere else because of the whole fast fashion thing, you know, so they have that. So that's fast fashion. Something. Can you yeah, uh, elaborate on that? Oh, okay. So uh, in, in Thailand, right, because they're, they're known for like manufacturing fast fashion, meaning how do I put this? You always every there's like you mall every market you go to there's always change you're always changing out clothes okay so that's what I mean like you go to a store and every week there'll be new clothes in always there's always oh. fashion moving fast yeah so there's always new clothes new things to look at it's very quick especially with the clothes people are really like yeah into their clothes here um, but I'm talking about like the affordable stuff I'm talking about more of the affordable stuff not really the <laughs> high-end stuff yeah but that's what people like to buy here you know like the elephant pants and all that kind of stuff people love that that kind of unique um, pattern those kind of unique patterns so people really enjoy that stuff yeah looking uh, more at this google map like we only went to one temple um, everything the architecture is just so unique compared to like anything I've seen in the world like uh just like visually just so interesting um is it true I, I i think we were talking about this is thailand the only country that hasn't been colonized yes yeah it's true so do you yeah. think is is that probably one of the reasons why like its architecture is so unique because it's it's like maintained its culture for so long uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, I think in many ways, Thailand has um, maintained its kind of traditions and its culture far better than like other countries like Malaysia, for instance, I find is quite like Singapore. It's turned into another Singapore. It's kind of overtaken by like expat and westernization a lot, whereas Thailand, I still feel has a very strong tradition and culture there. And yes, I do think that it is probably related to the fact that they haven't been colonized throughout history at all so that's definitely there agreed 100 percent. yes <laughs> so what do you what do you enjoy doing in the city me uh personally i love to go to the parks i really love the parks here i'm a big nature person so i don't know if you probably see my instagram i love the beach so i'm a big i'm i'm on this goal my personal goal to see all the islands in thailand because I'm a huge beach lover. I love the beach. I could spend all day. I actually would want to look, I honestly would love to move to the beach. That would be a dream for me. I'm still in the, I'm still based in the city. I would love to move to the beach and maybe live there for six months or something. But um, maybe we'll see, that might, that might happen. But yes, uh, my own personal goal would be to travel to all the, the beaches in Thailand because they're, they're so lovely. Um, so it's definitely traveling. I love to travel. I love history. So I love to explore things. In terms of what I do here in Bangkok, I, I like to go to new cafes. I love trying new food. So we're lucky in Bangkok because it's such a metrop uh, big city. There's a lot of, um, you can get all kinds of food here. 
And there's always something new popping up, a new restaurant, a new idea. So there's always something you can do. So I like to go to like usually arts events. Like I said, I okay. attended, I used to perform in open mics, um, but they since stopped because of pandemic. So all the yeah. bars and, and the clubs are now closed in Bangkok. So I kind of kind of slowed down on that. But before it's there was something that I used to do a lot, like go go out to all the art events. There were a lot of art gallery launches, music events. Um, yeah, a lot of nightlife stuff, let's be honest. I do like <laughs> nightlife stuff. You can't, you can't help it living here. So I love to go have a have just like to hang out with my friends. More than anything else, I think it's like hanging out with the right people and just enjoying like um, you know, glass of wine or a nice meal at a fun cafe. That's kind of what I like to do. It's more about spending time with the people. Very, very classy. Very classy. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are some <laughs> of your favorite beaches? Oh, oh, gosh. Good question. Oh, there's a lot. Okay. Um, the, the ultimate beach, the number one one that you have to see if, you're, if you ever come back, that I promise is better than Phuket. Because honestly, Phuket, as someone who's lived here um, and has seen Phuket four times, I'm not impressed. I've seen better. Yeah, I've seen, wow. I've seen nicer beaches. So let me tell you that Phuket is only the tip of the iceberg. There is okay. the whole, there's a whole like whole world of beautiful, beautiful beaches. Um, uh, the one, the top one that I can genuinely say is probably the most beautiful place. It's just like the Maldives and it's actually known as Thailand's Maldives. It's okay. called Koh Lipe. Okay. So I'm going to send that to you. Do you want me to? <laughs> yeah, put it, put it in the chat. In the what chat. Okay. Ko Lipe. Okay. So K O H L I P E. Okay. So you might know the Ko from like the Koh Samoy, which is another popular island next to Phuket. So Ko Lipe. Go ahead and Google that. It's a beautiful, beautiful island. It's right on the edge of the border between Malaysia and Thailand. And actually, you can see uh, Langkawi and Malaysia from it, from Ko Lipe. You can actually travel to Malaysia from this island. So this is a very southern island. Have you seen the pictures? Are you looking at the pictures? I'm looking. Hold on. Are you looking? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. We're okay. Oh yeah, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that water. Look at that color. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it's it's honestly the most beautiful place. Like I was just I stayed there for five days. Honestly, I think I could have just stayed there forever. <laughs> I was so sad when I left. It was so, honestly so beautiful. I actually went there this year. Can you believe? I got really lucky. I went there this year for the first time, and uh, changed my life. I think it's the most beautiful place. So definitely do go there when you get the chance. Oh, oh dear. It says EOS webcam. Oh. So like every 20 minutes, my camera lens will uh, refresh uh, itself. Okay, I was like, what is the EOS? I should have let you know before the interview. Uh, All right, no worries. Yeah, these are, uh, these are pretty nice. This is a pretty nice beach here. Yeah, so that, that's what I would recommend. Um, other places, Cosumet's pretty nice. I put that down as well, Cosumet. Cosumet. Uh, yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, I'm going to do my own profile for this. Remember, uh-huh. Met, that's really beautiful. And um, yeah, those two I would say for top. Oh, right, I forgot. Uh, Trat, okay, which Trat province? Okay, so it's a province 
right near Cambodia. Okay, let me write this down. There's five islands there, nestled right next on the border of Cambodia, so on the eastern side. There's a group of islands, and um, they're all beautiful. They're stunning. They're like they're like almost un untouched. Okay, so that's another one. Besides Koh Lipe, um, the Trat province is really good. Trat, T-R-A-T. Can you see it? Maybe you can Google, um, let me put Kokut. There's loads of Ko's. Oh, this one Every is Every island beautiful. in China. Yeah, which one are you looking at now? The Trat? Yeah, Trat, yeah. Yeah, so those are, that's, that's my second favorite after Kolipe. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so what, yeah. what do you do when you're on the beach? Like what on these beaches? What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> um, well, actually, I just like, like to, chat, to, to read um, sunbathe, go in the water. Like that's pretty much it, you know, like just read. Well, like, yeah, just hang out by the beach with my friends. Or actually, no, I, recently I prefer being alone. Like I started solo traveling and I really liked it. So um, I go to the beach and I like to write my poetry as well. Do that, mm -hmm. read a book, sunbathe. Yeah, normal beach stuff. <laughs> okay, Google Google North Avenue Beach, Chicago. Let me okay. know what you think of this beach. Sure. This North... is a beach in my city, North okay. Avenue Beach. Okay, North Avenue Beach. Chicago, yeah. Chicago. Whoa. Oh, wow. It's interesting. It's different. It's got like a nice. Oh, whoa, whoa, what is that? <laughs> is this it? Right, right. What's that? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I just realized that you can't. I was trying to share my screen with you. And I no, you did. I it worked. That. Yeah. Oh, it worked. Oh, it worked. It did work. Okay. Yeah. Bad. Okay. This one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. All those photos there. Wow. I mean, interesting. Not my ideal place for a beach because I prefer <laughs> like really hidden, nobody else on the aisle, on the on the beach kind of situation. I want to be alone on the beach, but yeah. it is beautiful as in it's unique. I mean, I appreciate yeah. all beaches for their unique beauty. You know, I think every every beach has its unique beauty. So I think this is nice. Yeah. Definitely, definitely something I like to see for sure. So this one, yeah. you're into non-man-made beaches. It's not a man-made beach. I'm sorry. It's a man-made beach. Yeah. It is a man. Oh, okay. That makes sense because that looked a little too perfect <laughs> to, to, to have been like natural. Yeah. Yeah. We made our own beach it. right next yeah. to all these skyscrapers and everything. Um, and that too. Oh, that's cool. So you live here in Chicago. It's awesome. <clears throat> okay. So, so you enjoy. Right. I read your story. I read your a little bit of, oh, sorry. Yes. Carry on. Oh, yes. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a joy. Yes. Oh no, I was gonna say I read your um your your website and I was so inspired by like everything you've done, your story as well, and uh, kind of res it resonated with me a little bit. Like the not the near death experience because I haven't really had a near death experience, but um uh I've had someone pass away that was really close to me, my mom, mm. and I think that kind of recently and I think that kind of shifted a lot for me I went through a pretty dark period as well so I kind of re resonated a lot with what you said and 
um, yeah, I looked at, yeah, so I did some research, I had to do some research on your, on your books and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is amazing. Like, wow. Okay. I appreciate that. Like, you're so talented. Yeah. You know, like I, this is like, this is my dream. And the fact that you're, you're doing and you're out there doing it and you're doing it so well. And you're, you're like doing these podcasts as well. Like, this is, this is all great. This is stuff that I really resonate with as well. Cause I'm hoping that my, my work will also do the same. And I kind of want to like also share that, share that kind of positive energy and kind of like spread that, you know, to people. That's kind of what I want to do. Well, well, so what got you interested in poetry to begin with? Um, okay, well, actually, I've always been interested in writing. Let me put it that way, okay. because my mom was a writer. So I got most of the inspiration from her. As in, like, I wanted to be a writer because she was, I've always loved reading. I was a bookworm when I was younger, too. Um, and so then did you, the get, po- did you get your British accent from her? Sorry? Did you get your British accent from her? Uh, it's not really British. I think it's more American. I have no idea what my accent is because <laughs> I've not, it's, this is a, this is, this is a product of a international school. So okay. I've not actually been out of, like I said, I haven't been out of Asia. I haven't been to Europe or America. So, and I don't know if my accent is, I thought would say American more than British, but sometimes I know I do sound a little British, I guess. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It's really messy. Uh, sorry, what were we saying? You had a no, question. you were saying oh, uh, you were, you always loved writing. Oh, yes. I always loved writing. I was a bookworm when I was younger, but the poetry thing only really started like maybe, oh gosh, maybe, oh, maybe six years ago now, actually. Oh, okay. Time flies. It might be six years ago. And uh, it started because of a relationship. Well, the end of a relationship, oh. I should say. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. So that whole jangle of emotions is of course a really good way to ignite creativity especially for poetry so I started writing mainly as a way first off as a way to kind of heal my broken heart and then after that started like you know getting into it and then um, I started sharing my work at first I didn't share with anyone because I was like now this is really personal Um, but at the time in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia there was a scene a poetry scene that was starting up as well and so I thought, okay, why not try it? So I went to see one of the events that open mics and these people, like they were total beginners too. They were also people that had written in their diaries and like brought them to there yeah. to read out of and, um, <clears throat> you know, or off their phone, that kind of thing. So I felt, okay, this is a safe space. I can express myself. And then I did, and people liked what I did. And I was like, okay, this is good. Maybe I have something here. So I went back, started writing more. Most of my stuff does center on love because that's probably like the most, the biggest subject that most artists would like focus on. But I have branched out into like other things as well. Like kind of like, um, sort of like, sort of like life lessons that I explain it, not life lessons exactly, but sort of observations and like, things I've noticed about society and stuff. I have some poems about that. The majority of my work is about love and heartbreak. Um, yeah, both. And then uh, the, some of it is also about like other stuff like life and uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's my poetry journey. So sorry, I was like saying, that's where I got started from that. And then uh, get I was I started performing in KL, then after moved to Bangkok and at first, coming back here, actually I moved back here because my mom passed away. So that kind of caused a big shift in my life as well. So before that point, 
I was actually working as a writer. And then when my mom passed away, I kind of had to reevaluate a lot of things in my life and wondering, I kind of wanted to do something where I felt like I was giving more meaning out to the world. I think that was the main thing as well. I wanted to do something meaningful. So I, that, that sort of pushed me, that sort of pushed me to, first I changed a career to become a teacher, which I now enjoy more. I love it. Teaching is because it's, it's a direct interaction where you're actually helping someone you feel, you know, you're helping yeah. people. And I felt like, I felt like I needed that. I don't know. I needed that, like um, that feeling and that I didn't get that satisfaction um, when I was writing. When I say writing, I don't mean writing as in novels. I'm talking about writing as in writing for media. I was a lifestyle writer. I was, an, I was a magazine writer. Okay. So okay. a little bit different. And I didn't like it because I felt like it, it's after a point, it felt a bit fake. A lot of the things you read in media are fake, right? So when you, so like, yeah. Exactly. So working at that side, you get a bit jaded. So I didn't, okay. I felt it wasn't fulfilling me. I reached a point where I was like, okay, this is not really what I want to do anymore. I just feel like this is not, not meaningful, not really touching people in the way that I want to be doing. And then um, honestly, my mom passing away, I had a lot of thoughts about death and what life should mean and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it kind of shifted my focus. And then, so I became a teacher and then I started pushing more. Now I'm trying to push my poetry thing more, like by um, trying to like the, the account, um, trying to do more performances, trying to do more of these videos. I don't know. I'm experimenting. I guess I'm in an experimenting phase. Um, but yeah, that's essentially where the poetry thing started. And that's where it's at now. Yeah. How long ago did your mom pass? Uh, it's four years ago now. Okay. Four years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's just... Uh, it doesn't it doesn't get any easier but like yeah. you know <laughs> it is what it is mm-hmm. yeah so what do you think how does society benefit from people expressing themselves uh through poetry or through art in general okay um it's honestly saved my life like um you know having to be able to express in this way um i think th- i think that's it, it's it's so, it's so important to be able to have that outlet, outlet, sorry, outlet. It's so important to be able to have the outlet to express yourself. And um, I think that's what poetry has done for me. It's like, let me have the outlet to express. And also by, by expressing myself and sharing my work with other people, it makes them feel heard. And I think that's important. Maybe people feel like they're alone a lot of the time. And then I know how I feel when I read a poem from someone that I, you know, and then I feel that emotion too. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm not alone. And I think it helps just having that fit, that knowledge that you're not alone in that experience kind of helps to give you strength, maybe to deal with a situation that was kind of challenging or difficult. So that's one thing. Um, Sorry, let me just refresh the question again in my mind. I booted up. Uh, Yeah society benefits from individuals expressing themselves. Yeah, so that's the main thing. I think just being, also helping yourself too. Like my poetry, a lot of the time it's kind of like, it helps me deal, process my feelings. Like if something something happens to me, um, I will have a tendency to write it down. I always have a notebook near me. So I'm always jotting down like oh, yeah. lines and, and um, things that come into my head. And it just helps, like helps to process stuff. 
And uh, sometimes when I finish a poem, that feeling of like having accomplished it almost kind of, it sort of, it sort of helps me deal with it. It's like a process. Like I, like I went through the process of grieving through writing the mm. pro- poem and then at the end it's yeah. done. And then I have this work of art and I've dealt with my feelings. I don't know. It helps me process a lot. So for me, I think reprocessing processing is huge to help you process um, events in your life. And also just to be able to express yourself. That's so key. Wow. Do you have any, um, do you have any other uh, like uh, poetry influences or poets that you admire? Definitely. Uh, One of my big ones is Lang Leaf. Okay, she's uh, she's actually the one of the ones people that I, I saw her poetry and I was like, oh, I think this happened. I think this might happened after I started writing it. But when I saw her poetry, I was like, okay, this it's like this is Zach. This is kind of what I'm doing. And because I, you know, you doubt yourself when you're starting out. You're not sure if your work is what people will want, or you're not even sure if people will listen to you. Um, so seeing her work made me feel like, okay, the, the, this is the kind of thing. It's not exactly the same, but I get inspired a lot by her, I can say. So Lang Leaf, um, okay. she's got like three books out. And another one is Rupi Car- Rupi Carr, which I think you might know. She's a famous. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So um, my, my solo poetry is quite similar to, to, to both of them. It's similar. But um, I prefer Lang Leaf. She's definitely my ultimate. She's more of that kind of sensitive artist touch that... Um, yeah, I really relate to slash trying to emulate. Yeah, I'm also trying to emulate as well. So I don't know, something about the way she writes. It's very short. She has very short poems. Like her poems are literally maybe five lines, 10 lines. But wow, you read through them at the end, you're like, you get this emotional wallop. It's like you've been hit with a force of emotion from just 10 lines. And I'm like, wow, that's the power of words right there. You know, so I've started trying to do the same. That's what I'm trying to do on my Instagram because it's such a good format for that. It's designed yeah. for like small quotes and stuff, you know? So that's why I'm trying to, 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 to focus on that. But my poems tend to be long because I'm telling a story. But I really like how she's able so there's... to... Oh, sorry. How she's able to... No, how she's able to take something and then like squeeze it into like uh, to 10 lines and still be able to deliver an emotional punch. I think that's incredible. So she's so an inspiration what... for me. Okay, so what... In your opinion, what is poetry? Gosh, uh, what in my opinion? In my yeah, opinion, in is your poetry. Ah, oh, this is. A, ooh, I don't think this question was on here. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. going. We're going off the script. <laughs> You're going off the script now. Okay. All right. Uh, what do I think is poetry? I think it's like your. It's your innermost innermost desires feelings things you are like I think innermost I'm trying to I'm trying to think about this this is a tough question it's kind of poetry is expressing it doesn't have to be that though I feel like poetry needs to make you feel something ultimately at the end of the day because like poetry can come in all for shapes and sizes. I mean, I've seen all kinds of poetry, you know, um, it can be, there's so many of them, long, short, rhyming, not rhyming. I mean, poetry doesn't even have to rhyme anymore. You don't have to follow a structure necessarily, which I think is part of the beauty of poetry. You know, um, yes, you have, there should be a certain flow that you should maintain, but ultimately it's, it's very free form. And I think that's the beauty of it. 
if like anyone can kind of just express um, kind of their innermost feelings, things that maybe they didn't feel like they could express. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like poetry gives you the outlet to be able to do, do it. Like there was just poetry. You can express yourself. It's okay. You know, it kind of gives you that permission to, um, to be, to, to do that and to express yourself. So, so like yeah. uh, emotions. Yeah. I would say emotions. I would say a poetry is emotion. I've been, so one of my favorite mm-hmm. hobbies that I've picked up is going to thrift stores and then just like picking up used books. And I've mm-hmm. noticed like, um, I've accumulated a number of poetry books. Let me see here. Oh, okay. Let's see what I got. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's quite a stack. Okay, so I found, okay, so I, I picked up a number of them. You should, behind here, there's just like stacks of books. Okay. Uh, okay. I see that. <laughs> I can see that. See. There's probably some other ones here. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. This one right here is uh, Paul McCartney, Poems and Lyrics. So, okay, oh. so I have a friend who is in this like musical duo and I helped him uh, publish his poetry um, called The Blue and Everything. And so we wow. took, we took uh, images and uh, I don't know if you can okay. see this. I mean, I can see the words. I can't quite see the images. I can see the word. I can see the text. So this would be like... One of the images oh there we go okay he's oh. inspired a lot by charles bukowski okay i know um yeah but before this project i didn't know much about poetry and so he mm. would send me his poetry and uh after i read it i'm like oh my gosh i, f- I feel like i know you you know yeah um mm. yeah so these other ones there's uh this it's awesome Sometimes I'm confused of like, all right, this one is uh, the last believer in words. It seems like, wow. it seems like a lot of these books are um, different writers submitting a poem and it's kind of um, like volumes. Yeah, a complete, a complete, a completion. Yeah, like a, a mix, an, an anthology or something, mix of them. Yeah. This one's called Sound and Sense by mm. Lawrence Perrine, an introduction to poetry. Yeah. yeah. This I, one is really these... cool. Oh, well, what's that? This one's called uh, To See the World in a Grain of Sand. Ooh, I like that. I love these titles. Ah. I haven't I haven't stumbled on the perfect title for my un- unpublished manuscript yet, but like it's all about that title. You got to have that. Langleaf has a really good title which I honestly wish I could have stolen. Uh, What's the title? What I mentioned. The universe, the universe of us, which is really good for like a love poet, like a heartbreak romance thing. The universe of us. It's very dramatic. Um, And yeah, I kind of like that one. All these titles are very like 
emotional. <laughs> they are. Well, They're very like they all kind of are the same <laughs> at the same time, though. Yeah, they all have that. There's a certain you can see a tone, right? There's a certain tone there yeah. that they all follow pattern that they follow. So, okay, is this considered a poem? This is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Never lose an opportunity of seeing anything that is beautiful, for beauty is God's handwriting, a wayside sacrament. Is that a poem? That's like just one sentence. That's that's three lines, but it's also about how how is it how is it um, written out on the page? So poem is also about like it's not just about how it looks as right. how it sounds. Right here. Okay. Wow. It's really short that one. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's also about the way it's written. So you have different types of poetry. Like some is spoke. Oh yes. There's spoken poetry. And then there's poetry that you read. There's a story that you can read in a book. Okay. So that one is more definitely not spoken poetry. So spoken poetry is longer. It's like a story, like you're delivering on a stage, you're acting. And then you have the written one, like Lang Lee, the Instagram stuff, like this, this, these, these two lines that you see here. So there's like two kinds. That is a poem. I honestly, um, I personally <laughs> wouldn't, 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 wouldn't consider it. Like, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't approve of those like poems because I feel like they don't put much effort into it. Like if you're going to do a few lines, you've got to do it in a, in a way that's like packs, packs a punch, punch. You know what I mean? Okay. What about, yeah. What about this one by Mark Twain? God has okay. put something noble and good into every heart his hand has created what okay is that it oh sorry i thought that's that was it, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like so these are all like Gosh. compilations it yeah, feels like yeah. they just took from really uh well-renowned writers they just it seems like they just extracted sentences from yeah it feels more like a quote book you know what I mean? Like a book of quotes from yes. from poems than mm -hmm. actual poems. So this one's by Dostoevsky. Yeah. That's like a paragraph. Yeah. Emily Dickinson. Did oh, you ever read yeah, any? Yeah, I love any... her. Emily okay. Yeah. If I, mean, if I can a... stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin until unto his nest again, I shall not live in vain. He's so beautiful. She's great. Yeah, that's, that's poetry. She's great. I like her. I'm actually inspired by her as well. She's one of my influences. So no, that, because actually, I mean, it has a flow. There's a flow there, you know? And there's, a, there's yeah. a beauty in the words that she chose. She carefully picked her words. Do you know what I mean? I think it's craft. It's like in that way. Every yeah. word is important. Every single word every syllable, every sound, even the flow, like Emily Dickinson, she's got a beautiful way with her. Like when you read it, there's like a flow. It sounds like a song okay. almost. You know? Here's another so Emily Dickinson. Yeah. The pedigree of honey does not concern the bee. A clover anytime to him is aristocracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cute, right? It works, it works. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I think this is like uh, <clears throat> it's a combination of like poetry and quotes. It seems like because there's longer ones in here, and then there'll be like a John F. Kennedy one. 
This is by John F. Kennedy. Finally, whether you are citizens of America or citizens of the world, ask us here the same high standards of strength and sacrifice which we ask of you. With a good conscience, our only sure reward, with history, the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth and lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. Is that, oh. a, is that a poem or a quote or a part of a speech, probably? It feels like part of a speech. Yeah. So these are all compilations that evoke emotions, right? Hmm. Well, yes, they do. They do evoke emotions, to be fair. They do. But again, they still feel, feel incomplete. <laughs> Just not all of them feel complete. You know, yeah. So then, um, so my friend who, who had the, the poetry book, his name is Sammy, Sammy Saab. He's in Bone Lane. Um, so then there seems to be this is the next, not next step, but um, it's, it's like I, I understand his music more because it's almost like he's writing poetry and then music is then incorporated with it. And it's like a performance in a way. Um, is okay. a lot of music like that? Like our lyrics poems? Ah, uh, yes, I do. Yes, um, I do. Yes, and in many ways, yes. Um, there have been nights, actually, they started up here in Bangkok. Why uh, one of my really good friends, who's actually one of the leaders in the in the art scene here, um, okay. his name is Rory. Um, so he started this night thing where he's like combining music and poetry. And so it was really cool for us poets. So he got us poets to basically do our poetry as usual, but in the background, there'll be musicians playing. Okay. So it was like an experiment of his, he kind of wanted to test it out. So we all did our, po like we, we all got, we told the musicians what we wanted. We can kind of pick a tone for our poem, but something mm -hmm. magical kind of happened when, when I was up there, like I was like, I started my poem and about like two ways through the poem, I started singing. I don't know where it came from, but I started singing my poem instead of reading it. And then it just became a song all of a sudden. And then the music got better and better. And it just started, it just came together. The, I mean, I was going, it was completely impromptu, completely impromptu. And it just, magic happened. It was really exciting. Um, and yeah, so Rory definitely is a big believer in the whole, well, poetry, yes. Poetry and lyrics, definitely huge. I mean, lyrics rhyme. That's the key part. That's one of the key elements of poetry. Most poetry, again, it's different. There's many different kinds, right? Sometimes poetry doesn't necessarily have to rhyme in terms of the word that you choose, but it can rhyme in terms of the sound as well. So there's different types of poetry. Um, but yeah, like that, what like the ones that 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 do rhyme with uh like that, those are considered, you know, those more than traditional poetry or classic poetry, I would say, like rhyming. Although now the trend with poetry I've noticed is to go away from rhyming. It's not cool to rhyme anymore. You got to go into that more artsy road of like um, just writing, uh, you know, like the few lines that you saw in that book you just opened, like yeah. a few lines, that kind of thing, where that seems to be the trend now. People like that. So they've gone away from the rhyme rhyme thing to more of that side. But uh, to answer your question, yes, songs and poetry have so much in common. And sometimes I even see like some of my 
because I do dabble in, I love music as well. Uh, that, I know that's a question that's coming up. I do love music and I love to sing in my free time. And so I've noticed, like, I started thinking like, oh, maybe like I could dabble in song. That could be a thing, songwriting as well. I've got a friend who's actually a music producer. So um, yeah, so he's got all the set equipment and everything set up and it's just literally just having to add the words to it, you know? So yeah. that could be something exciting. Like I could also dabble in potentially. But yes, there's a lot of potential for poetry to become a song easily. It's easy. It's yeah, it seems very there. interconnected. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of merged already. Yeah. Embedded. So do you, do you have a, um, aside from poetry, do you have like uh, any books that have influenced you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Besides from poetry, any books have influenced me? Oh, okay. Uh Yes, I see. Hurakami. I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of him. Uh, the Japanese writer Hurakami. I get that right. I say his name wrong. Murakami. Yes, I don't know if you know him. Haruki Murakami. Haruki Murakami. He's a Japanese writer, um, and he writes the surrealist fiction. Murakami. Haruki Murakami. And I really love him. I this is his book actually. I have here. It's a collection of Ooh, short I love stories. That cover. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's called The Elephant Vanishes. So he writes re re surrealist uh, uh, surrealist stories that kind of sort of like, it's like starts off normal. Everything's normal, normal life. And suddenly it's like reality twists a little bit in these strange, weird ways. And like, it's brilliant. It's also a bit out there. It's brilliant as well. But I just love his use of imagery. I think that's the main thing that I probably get from it. He's really good at all his metaphors. And that's a key thing with poetry, especially metaphors. One key aspect of poetry. So his ability to have all these metaphors really inspires me. I, I love his work. I would actually would love to read more of his book. He's known for IQ84. Maybe you've heard of that one. IQ84, the book. IQ84. IQ84. Okay. I think it's called yeah something like that um I haven't read that one that's what that's actually his famous one this one I just um picked up but I loved it and I'm like okay I'm down to read all of his books and I'm a fan he sold me with one book wow <laughs> so he's really good uh, other than that I'm a huge uh Austin fan Jane Austen as in Jane Austen ah, I've yes. read I've read every single novel including the um unfinished one and the letters I'm a huge fan. What can I say? Really? So you've, so, you've gone deep into her work. I've gone deep into it. Deep, deep, very deep. I'm a huge fan of Jane Austen. I love how she um, she puts like her wit and I like how she portrays her characters. And I like the realist. I like the I like her humor. She's very funny in a in a very smart way. I explain it in a very intellectual way, in a biting way. Yeah, she's very funny. So it's, I like what, her. What's uh what's a book of hers that resonates with you most? Um definitely Pride and Prejudice. That's the that's the yeah, that's the number one. That's the number one one that I probably reread many times. Okay. Um that's super good. But honestly, all her books are great. Uh, I love Emma as well. Emma is a really good one. Emma I definitely have copies of those books around. Yeah. Um there's also uh do you guys does this exist in bangkok uh like library trees like free library trees li where mm -hmm. so that? like explain so around the city of chicago um many cities i'm sure and in in my neighborhood especially there's like 
they look like bird houses and they're just like every few blocks away. It all depends on the neighborhood and the community, but it's like a take a book, leave a book library. So, so it's like this birdhouse, right? And then you open up the door and then there's just like books that people will put there. And then you can, you can take whatever you want and then you're encouraged to like leave books there as well. And so I've accumulated a lot of books from it and then I'll put books in there as well. So it's, uh, it's a fun thing. So like, I'll find just like random stuff all the time. That's incredible. Um, yeah. I think that required that system requires a lot of trust though. And I'm not sure like trust as in like to, to, as in like, you know, honesty, not trust, honesty, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it sounds, it sounds great. I'm not like I would that and I something like that would be brilliant here as well. We do have a lot of secondhand bookstores, but okay. no, I'm pretty sure we don't have any live uh, library trees. Not that I know of anyway. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like Jane, there's always Jane Austen books. In there. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> so I probably have like four copies of Emma. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Uh, I see that. I see. Yeah. This. I'm looking, check out these, uh, I like these ones. I go to like estate sales too. And I get used books. And I got uh these in particular are just like um check out this one. Isn't this so beautiful? The value of love. Wow. Oh, I already want to read that. <laughs> yeah. So you got that one. That. Okay. Um Tessa the Durblevilles. Have you ever read that book? Oh, yes. Tragic, a horrible story. I didn't like it. <laughs> not very good no i've read it but uh not a fun read not yeah. a fun read but these books i think they're like early 1900s yeah I, i'm a, I, I love i love classic literature actually i love yeah. charles dickens he's another big one charles dickens is great so this is a. um yeah this is a charles dickens barnaby rudge and i haven't read that one hard no, times that good. Yeah, look at he's that. written so many He's actually got such like a huge body of work, Charles Dickens. And they're all like really big books. And they're all thick. And I'm like, wow, this guy. <laughs> he didn't have a computer or that's, anything. Yeah. yeah, hats off to you. I mean, I think Great Expectations is like this thick. Great Expectations is biggest yeah. one. There's yeah, and then we got uh, two John, John Steinbeck of Mice and Men and uh, Grapes of Wrath. Ah, okay. So those are ones I've gotten. Okay, awesome. And you have to, you can, you bring them back, right? At some point, that's an exchange, right? Um, it all depends. So I'm, I'm building my own like personal library. So I take the ones that I like, and then I'll, ex I'll like, I'll either put like my books in there, or I'll go to thrift stores, and I'll, I'll see books, you start to notice patterns. And you see certain books that are always kind of there. So then I, I'll buy those ones and put them in the, the library tree. So I'll like stock ah, them up. Yeah. Hey, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like it's the like ones it started. Like a lot of them. Yeah. It started where like I, I started realizing I was taking more than I was giving. And then like with my conscious, I just didn't feel right about it. So then I started to think about ways that I could contribute in my mm. own way. And so I started doing those. Oh, this is, this yeah. is what a great idea. Awesome. I love that. It's really good. Um, yeah, I uh, I I actually started volunteering. Um, I only like what like recently, and I have to say, I really like that 
that feeling of having to help, like I said, the helping people thing and doing something yeah. good. I like how you found a really good, clever way of doing that. I like that. It's very yeah. smart. Okay. Uh, so we, we were talking about like poetry, songwriting, lyrics. Yeah. Are, are there like three, three musical artists in your heavy rotation right now? Uh, yes. Uh, Ed Sheeran. He just released his, his uh, latest album. I'm a huge fan. I think I must have listened to it like back maybe three or four times. It's really good. Okay. Uh, I like Chelsea Cutler. I'm going to write Chelsea her name Cutler. down. Yeah. Um, so she's such a beautiful lyricist. So when it comes to music, uh, because I'm a writer, I'm attracted by words. I love music where it has that lyrics. It's all about the lyrics for me with music um, more than the beats. So it has to have that beautiful, beautiful turn of phrase and uh, it gets me. So Chelsea Cutler, she's amazing. She's very indie. Okay. So she's super, super low key, but um, amazing. Like okay. her voice and her songwriting abilities are off the charts. Really good. And another person I like, which you probably know, she's everywhere, all over the charts. Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo? I should have right. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. I think I said it right. Rodrigo. Yeah, so the she's the young the young artist that released the driver's license song that was played everywhere. I'm sure you know it. You know, I've I've um I'm aware of her. I haven't. Are you aware of her? Taken the time to listen to her music though yet. There we go. That's okay. But yeah, the fact it's like I, I would have thought you would have heard of her because she's pretty massive right now. Uh, yeah. Chelsea Cutler, not so much. She's very indie. But uh, yeah, these three people. Ed Sheeran, uh, Chelsea Cutler, and Olivia Rodrigo. Pretty much. Those are my top three. Just for the lyrics, for the beautiful songwriting. I admire the songwriting wow. abilities. And uh, I love, I just love that soft, yeah, the soft acoustic. I love that kind of style of music. That's my, that's my jam. <laughs> As they say, that's my jam. <laughs> nice. Um, so what, what are some of your favorite places you've been to? And what do you what do you enjoy exploring most during these uh, experiences? Okay, you mean places in terms of like in 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 Thailand or outside? Uh, it could be either. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it, I haven't really traveled much to be honest. In terms of places, <laughs> the beach. I'm going to go back to the beach. Okay, the favorite favorite place is always going to be the beach. In terms of where I visited, I haven't honestly traveled as much as I would like. I've been to um, Malaysia, Vietnam, Singapore, a few Southeast Asian countries, okay. and then Australia. I lived in Australia for a year. That was an interesting experience. So what are you talking about? You haven't traveled? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I describe. lived there for one year. Huh, sorry, describe what? Okay. What am I describing? Briefly describe Singapore and Australia. Okay. Um. Singapore, what, in a few words or just a sentence? A paragraph. Or, okay. <laughs> paragraph. Okay. A poem. Uh, a po oh, God, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Think about this. Um, Singapore, I found really very modern. Okay. Very advanced technologi uh, technologically, very advanced, but very, like, very cold. I don't know. Lacking life. I felt like it didn't have that. There's no culture. Ah, that was it. There's no culture mm. in Singapore. There's no visible. Yes, there is a little bit, I guess, with the Chinese. Like, I guess so. There's Chinese influence and stuff, but it's not so apparent. It just okay. feels very 
yeah, very artificial. Um, mm. are, Australia, on the other hand, well, I can't speak for the whole country because it's so massive and there's yeah, where'd you so live? many different climbs. Uh, I was in Perth. Yeah. Perth. Perth. That's like Western Perth. Australia, right? Perth. Western Australia. Yeah. Western Australia. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was lovely. Very outdoorsy. So people there were super sporty, love the beach. I loved it because I live right next to the beach. There we go. Wow. See the beach. There you go. There's the link. You see? Um, and, um, yeah, it was super lovely. The people were super friendly. I remember just like the overall feeling of like, people are very active there, always exercising, always out and mm. about doing something. So very active people. Um, and very laid back, very laid back. You'll find people drinking at like 8 or 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. in the bars there. No, I'm not kidding. On a Saturday, you can walk by a bar at 9, 9 a.m. and people are already drinking at the, at the bar. <laughs> like big pints of beer like this much. Yeah. Like, okay. Australians really know and really know how to have a good time. I think that they're a lot like Thai people in that way. They know how to have a good time. Yeah. I got that impression from Australians. They're really laid back and relaxed. Kind of okay. like how Thai people are. So I got that impression from them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's something you're curious about recently? Okay. Uh, good question. I think I wrote something down for this. Hang on. Okay. I'm curious about. Um, okay. I, yeah. So recently I've been kind of, this is sort of related to my work, but I've been kind of thinking about, because you know how mental health now, especially is becoming more and more um, spoken about, which is great. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, and I think a lot of us as well have been, are trying to kind of deal with our own, um, you know, childhood traumas. And there's a lot of stuff. Now we know more about mental health. We understand, right. There's a lot of trauma and a lot of the stuff that we, a lot of our experiences and our perceptions and stuff are face are are kind of molded by what we faced before, you know? So we're kind of understand that now. And so one of the things I've been really curious about recently is like how we can kind of change that. I don't know, because I myself am also sort of like going through my own personal journey of like uh, healing certain patterns that don't serve me, you know, and certain, mm-hmm. I have a lot of anxiety. That's part of being probably a writer and, uh, and a poet as poetry I overthink everything that's why I'm so careful about every single word I write I overthink everything to death sometimes to my own detriment it's not good yeah but um so so I one of the things I've been trying to work on is definitely the anxiety trying to trying to get rid of that so I've been looking a lot into mental health been looking a lot into mental health recently and kind of looking at like trauma and just thinking about ways to kind of I don't know stop that help that I guess that's what I've been curious about just thinking in that direction I guess and um I don't know and whether my poetry could be something that could help with that I don't know I'm sort of going in that direction now because it's something that really interests me and it's something that I feel like I want to help people with you know like because I feel like a lot of people hold them all these things they hold people back or a lot of people mm. let these things hold them back. And imagine if this doesn't exist. Imagine everyone could just turn this off, you know, and yeah, just move forward. Like all the fears and everything and all the, all the distortions and the lies that you kind of let yourself tell yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. I wish we could find a way to get rid of that. So that's my thing. I'm kind of on that road now of like trying to figure that out. So that's something I've been heavily curious about recently. 
yeah, that's fantastic. Answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have one last question for you. What's something you're excited about for the next two years? <laughs> so I thought about this. Uh, definitely everything coming back. The last two years before uh-huh. this have been really, have been really super dead. So the net, like in terms of like night, uh, like the whole uh, poetry scene here in Bangkok and just being able to travel and yeah. just life getting back to normal. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. And the next two years, I'm just looking forward to being able to go to more open mic nights, do more performances um, and travel more to more beaches. Definitely. To more beaches. And to tick off more on my list of um, all the beaches in Thailand that I want to see. So those two things I'm definitely looking forward to for sure. Yes. That is awesome. Uh, Thanks for coming on today. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, So where where can people go to to read some of your poetry? Okay. So yes, you can go to Instagram and my handle is blue stocking poet. Okay. So let me write that down. That's at... B-L-U-E-S-T-O-C-K-I-N-G-P-O-E-T. Okay, Blue Stocking Poet. All right, that's me. Awesome. <laughs> Pretty much. Cool. Well, okay. thanks again. I appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Rich, for having me. It was really lovely to meet you. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow our guest on Instagram at Christy Lau Sume and at Blue Stocking Poet. Find something to do today or this week that allows you to express yourself in a way that relieves stress and helps you move forward in your life.